Frontier. Welcome to Wrestling Daft. It's the Marks hailing from Larbert, weighing in at 185 pounds. Though hopefully a little bit less in the next month or so, because I'm doing 5k a day for charity. So uh, hopefully the weight will shed off me. I am John, producer of Wrestling Daft, the host of this very show. And with me, a man who can now claim the title of the big show after Paul White's move to AEW. He's back after his toothache. It's Big Alex. No, I cannot, because WWE have most definitely got copyright on that. Yeah, it's the tall show. Well, we'll be having a lot of fun with that on the main show, so I'll, we'll just sing in like that every week, the tall show. And that man right there, who has this week been on Twitter to explain to people what one and a half and two a cup he is, it's Inside the Ropes, Gary Cassidy. Aye, that's uh, I, I kind of knew the peak of my investigative journalism uh, led me to believe that I knew everyone in England calls it either Wembley or FA Cups or something like that. So, Just in case you haven't seen this, Alex, or anybody, anybody listening, we're talking about football. When you play, what do you call it, Alex, when you play, like, uh, you know, it's one and in, you know, like, you, if you score, you get through to the next round, it's just singles, and then you play twos. We used to call that cuppy. Uh, that seems to be the that seems to be the general consensus, and I think that was because I I called the the doubles one two a copy, but uh, we used to just call it one and half. Right, just call one and then you're half. Aye, we we were uh, <laughs> we were uh, we were called it twos or when we actually did call it Wembley as well. Ah, oh, it's a bit English. Aye, Wembley when you live in Scotland. Just I know it was a strange one. It's, should have just... called it Hamden, John. Or I'd accepted Murrayfield. Like, I mean. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, I miss playing football. Um, let's talk, actually, we talked about it just there at the start of the show. Let's talk a little bit about Paul White moving to AEW. I was about to say, let's talk a little bit about football. And I was like, John, you have a football podcast. <laughs> um, Gary, I mean, we, we, were, we came off, we actually broke when we were recording the main podcast last Wednesday. What did you make of this? This was this came completely out of the blue. Did, did you have a, a tip off on it? Up until an hour before, it was completely out of the blue for me. And then I seen, <laughs> obviously, I didn't have the time to get out anyway. But I seen that um, the big show had been moved to the alumni section of WWE.com. Went on his Twitter and his Instagram, or reference a WWE removed. It was just Paul White on both. I was like, I'm going to reach out about this. Uh, I didn't report on it. I think there's been reports since that have been similar, but I'll kind of give you a summary of what, of what I got told from unnamed source um, about this. Uh, heard a lot of rumours, but he's not been part of the main roster in a while, obviously, so I didn't pay attention to it. Heard he was upset at Legends Night, which I think PW Insider have said much of the same, um, telling a lot of people that he wasn't going to end up re-signed and it was a wee bit upset with WWE over how they'd handled um, you know, a potential contract renegotiation. Don't know what the offer was, but he was mad about it. Um, I, I was going to try and get that clarified, reached out to WWE for a, a comment first. I'll read you their comment. <laughs> I'm afraid I've got nothing for you, Gary. I wouldn't read too much into WWE.com, though. I'll give you a timestamp for that. That was 3.53pm on Wednesday. You want to guess when uh, AEW's announcement came out? Was it four o'clock? <laughs> yes. <laughs> I was like, ah, oh, for fuck's sake. I, was like, I don't know if, you know, the person that I spoke to might have genuinely no known and his contact, uh, contract probably did just expire, which is why he's not bound by a 90-day no release, uh, yeah. no, no compete, sorry. Um, but seven minutes before 
obviously, even if I'd have been told it, and I wouldn't have been able to write an article in seven minutes, but I was like, oh, that's funny. Seven minutes later, AEW, big press release, boom, Paul, Paul White signed. Because uh, so, I was sitting there talking to the Inside the Ropes guys, going, um, be interesting if we see the big show now since Shaq's and uh, AEW, and the big show's last ever thing that he done with WWE was doing a media call <laughs> and it said his dream WrestleMania match was Shaquille O'Neal, who was in AEW at that point. Yeah. So uh, really interesting stuff. But I, up until an hour before it, I had no clue. And then within that space of an hour, I knew something was up, but I couldn't tie down any details. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then AEW, boom, it anyway, with all the big announcements. The, the interesting thing was um, how they kind of plugged it because I seen it, went, oh, he's a wrestler. <laughs> he's a wrestler too. Uh, I was like, oh, he's a wrestler. Uh, and then I read it and I went, oh, no, wait, they'll bring them in for commentary. And then I kept reading. I was like, oh, wait, and wrestling. <laughs> but they packaged it really weird. So it looks like he's going to be doing a lot of stuff there. Obviously, guy's been in the business for, I think, the best part of 25, 30 years. Uh, quite a long time. And he's obviously got a wealth of knowledge. So I think he's probably going to be doing a lot of, you know, training and mentoring and stuff as well backstage, maybe even producing, you never know. Uh, but it'd be interesting to hear him on commentary because I always think he's been a guy, very distinctive voice, talks really well. We, we know for all his uh, angles where he cries on screen, he's very good at conveying his emotion. I think he's going to be brilliant in commentary, but obviously we all can't wait for that Shaquille O'Neal match because then we can get that on done with, forget all about it and see uh, a few more good big show matches against Marco Stunt. <laughs> I'm so down with you about his voice, though. I think he'll be. I think he'll be really good. It's him and Tony Schiavone. That's the yeah, best. Exactly. It's like <laughs> fucking WCW. The, the WCW ties are terrific. He done a stint in commentary on WWE for a wee while, didn't he? I remember. Oh, I don't even before, remember that. I, I remember him. Maybe it wasn't only a few shows, but I remember him doing a wee stint. And I actually thought he was really, really good. I mean, I think obviously, you know, the the Shaq thing has probably been a big. Th- Thing and I'm going, but I mean, I guess Alex probably come to you on this one as well. Why do you think, like, because Big Show seems to me like he was a company man? Does that not start worrying WWE and Stanford that maybe some other talent are going to start looking across that way as well? Because Big Show did seem like a company guy, and so what's to stop that door from you know can lay, laying open and more people kind of jumping on? Well, they must have been worried since Jericho because Jericho well, always yeah. said he would never work for anyone else in the United States. And obviously, we obviously didn't still live up to that. And it sounds like they were aware that Paul White was not happy with the contract that offered them. So surely they must have expected this to a certain degree. And maybe they've just decided that it's time that they actually let go of some of these legends and let them work other places. So there was uh, something interesting that, like, after that Big Show thing happened, I remembered an article that I'd written, uh, the date is February 5th, 2019. You sounded like Dr. Manhattan there. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) So uh, obviously this was before AEW was a thing, and I'd written two articles. One was, uh, funnily enough, five former WWE stars to watch out for in AEW. (laughs) I'll not run through that because there's obviously a lot more now. But the was, other was one... Was Sports Kida by any chance? Guys? Yes, it yes, was. That sounds uh, like a Sports Kida article. The, yeah. the, the other one was five WWE superstars who will never wrestle for another company. And I was like, I wonder if I put Big Show on that list because he is somebody I would have put on that list like in my mind. Uh, I will list you through who, who was the five superstars. Right, Randy Orton's one, yeah. I don't think he actually was. Uh, so I'm actually clicking through this and getting Sports Kida. I click for every page. Um Number five was Undertaker. Yeah. Yep. Number four was Kane. 
Because obviously he can't go as Glenn Jacobs because he's a politician. Uh, number three. Is it Yankum's still free though? Well, that's what I was thinking with Big Show. I wonder if WWE owns the Giant and that's why he's Paul White or if it's just to progress his you know, acting career. But number three was indeed John Cena. Triple H is in there, isn't he? Obviously. Number two is Roman Reigns. And number one is Triple H. Obviously, yeah. So, <laughs> can, I just, can I just stop you on one thing, Gary? You said progress his acting career. Now, I don't know if you've seen the picture. Show, but I'm not sure he's got the reel for edit that progression in that field, unfortunately. It was all downhill for the water boy and um, jingle all the way. It's <laughs> never going to be any of that. Um, yeah, I d- so interesting. I, I think it's going to be an interesting time. And you said the Undertaker on that list. Now, Rab made a very good point in the main show. Sting's over there. Mark Calloway's a free agent. No, What's... can I give you bad news on that? Oh, right, okay, <laughs> right. Come on, he's Undertaker signed to like a legends contract for 20 years. Uh, yeah. <laughs> he's he's never after the whole Starcast with, um, was a last year. Starcade, aye. Yeah, so like after that, and I think Vince has tied up the Undertaker long term to an exclusivity right. deal. Yeah, he signed that. it was like 20 years at that point. So yeah, it was pretty much you never have to work again aye. as long as you never show up so, so, fucking else. We'll see big show shack potentially, but we won't see Undertaker sting. That that that's a shame. I mean, are you not yeah, that's disappointing. I'm However, the best thing to come that. out of this whole scenario, forget the big show, go into AEW. It was, of course, Annabelle Ewing, the SMP for County, <laughs> being tagged in a tweet by Mick Foley. And it all kicking off from there. That, that was a bit. That was sensational. I loved that. I loved that. That uh, the fact that Annabelle Ewing has the Twitter handle AEW for Cowden Beef, and I don't know how Mick Foley's managed to tag her into it, but then suddenly our Twitter blew up um, of all these wrestling fans suddenly going, "Who is this?" <laughs> Amazing. So, um, of course, we we wouldn't let that pass because the new that news. Just as the big show thing was happening, that news broke at the end of our recording last week on Wrestling Daft. Um, so I have just thrown it out to the Wrestling Daft universe. Um, which politicians would make good wrestlers off the back oh, of God. Annabelle Ewing? <laughs> you know, the, like, the obvious ones are Arnold Schwarzenegger or Donald uh, Trump <laughs> since uh, he's been there already. I'd, I'd say Obama cuts a good promo. Obama. Oh, Obama and The Rock would be a brilliant tag team. Yeah. I would, uh, I'd put them in there. Yeah. Um, George Bush could do pretty well, considering that he's nothing in his head. So when he hits the t- ground blocks, <laughs> he doesn't actually feel any pain. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I would uh, love to see Vladimir Putin in there as well. Oh, but Putin, uh, you know, he's what? built a tank as well. He would have to rock up on the horse with his shirt. Off. <laughs> it would be amazing. Oh, that would be Putin a- versus Adam Handman Page. There you go. That would be horse horse. <laughs> Putin coming down on the horse at WrestleMania with his shirt off would be incredible. Oh, or, or the tank. You could just reuse the tank from. Um, <laughs> Rusev, oh yeah, there's so many options here. There's so many. Angela, that's Merkel's going to be your. Uh, that's got to be your next pun in. Yeah, be politicians. Yeah, Angela Merkel's got to go into the women's division as well. She would kick some arse in there. I'll tell you what. No messing with Angela. Anyway, so you can talk about that on the main show uh, this Friday with Rab and Gradle. That's up on the Wrestling Daft Twitter now if you want to get involved. Um, we'll be burning and putting over stuff from the shows this week. And we have, ladies and gentlemen, a challenger to Bronze Cello coming up to take on the Ch- Mark's champion, Bronze Cello, to be featured on the show week in, week out. And his name is Rico, and he'll be taking on Bronze Cello uh, as we go to the burying and putting over a bit later on. Um, on Fancy Booking Island, it's been off for a oh, couple shit. of weeks. 
<laughs> and God knows if anyone actually thought of the booking. And Alex looks very confused, and Gary takes a sip of his beer. Um, we're meant to be booking boys. Remember, this was about now, Alex. Yoko's you did not do this last week. Why did Yoko's you do this in last week? Because we were waiting for you. Because you oh, were. I haven't prepared anything. I did a buzz knocks instead. I thought that was the schedule. I stuck to the schedule. You fucked things around. <laughs> Oh, for God! Alex sake. deliberately pretended to have toothache last week to get out of the Yoko's in a book, and there's going to. I tell you what, I'm going to have to knock this back another week because I tell you, what, if we are knocking it back another week, I was going to leave this to next week. But if we're knocking back Fancy Booking Island and Buzz Knocks till next week, I have a, I have a Buzz Knocks, and I actually have just found I have some notes from last week of of a Yoko's in a booking. Right, okay, well, in that case, right, I was going to say we'll put out the John Moxley interview this week, but I tell you what, here's how it's going to work, right? We're going to put John Moxley, Gary's chat with John Moxley, we're going to put that out next week, so there's a big tease for you for next week. Here, Gary, talking to John Moxley, next week on this show, WrestleMind the Buzz Knox, we'll put back two weeks, right, and then Fantasy Booking Island, we'll do today. Calling it on the fly here. Alex, are you happy with that? Can we not just do buzz knocks and just do you two do that? It's way more fun. Oh! <laughs> but I put time and effort into that, and now we can. Oh, it's okay. It can wait. You, you doesn't. You can wait. It'll be fine. Right. So here's the chat today. Then fancy booking island on the show. We are booking Yokozuna and Natsudira next week. John Moxley. The week after that, WrestleMind the buzz knocks. How does that sound, everyone? I all right. Right, brilliant. <laughs> I don't know why we have more than that. So we're calling it on the fly and in the ring today. Uh, so that is. Can I also just point out that, that I've already oh. made the tile for this week's show and it's got a picture of John Moxley on it. Oh, for God's sake! Uh, you're just giving me more work here, John. You're just screwing with everything that I but have. Just put a cross over it and put not John Moxley. <laughs> okay. So <it's> <laughs> Moxley, oh, there we fine. go. Right, so that's what's happening on the show this week. It's so organised, so well put together, so well produced. We're going to have. All that stuff in the next couple of weeks. Uh, we're going to have the latest news from Gary coming up definitely later on. And I'm going to cut a promo on YouTube. Fucking hell. I have a lot of things I want to get off my chest. Right. Give me the microphone because it's time to cut a promo on someone who's made me very angry this week, ladies and gentlemen. Let me tell you that. John's and- been looking in the middle while wearing his hat. That's a... Uh- I am wearing, <laughs> watching the video version uh, this week. I am wearing a hat, and the reason is because I have been shown by my wife um, because the Clippers... Oh, I, didn't, oh yes. I wasn't expecting it to be quite like yes, that. Yes, it does look like I am on my way to a concentration camp somewhere because it has been a complete and utter buzz cut. Um, so who did you show her this time? Because last time you showed a picture of MJF. So this time you're like, Here's, I Stone like Cold Steve style. Austin. <laughs> yeah, it, it's been pretty severe. Now, the reason for this is I could cut a promo on hair uh, trimmers here because they had the large setting and the really oh, tight setting. And the I've one, been there. <laughs> the one in the middle was broken. So I could either go the really long setting, which was taking nothing off, or the really short setting, which took pretty much everything off. So I'm wearing a bonnet and uh, rocking my inner Peaky Blinders uh, just now until it grows in. So that's why I'm Do you not think it was maybe time to buy a new shaver? Yeah, well, Alex, it's easier said than done because finding a hair trimmers in this day and age is an absolute nightmare. It's not. It's called Amazon. It's called Prime. It would be at your door before one o'clock tomorrow. Listen, just because you've got loads of hair, shut it. Right, you're getting a... (laughs) You're back back out. You're back a week. After a week off, you're back in your 
being really mouthy. Anyway, I wanted to speak about someone mouthier than you, Alex. I'm going to cut a promo this week on Mr. Gordon fucking Ramsay, right? Oh, no, 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 no. I will not have any of this. Feel free to cut the promo, but I'm going to sit absolutely raging for the duration. Right, okay. Now, the reason I'm cutting a promo on Mr. Ramsay... Uh, Falkirk. Not, well... (laughs) <laughs> not to get into shitty new quiz show bank balance on the BBC, which is terrible, by the way. That's a great. <laughs> All right, we'll get to that in a minute. <laughs> However, Mr. Ramsey had a pop, he cut a promo on my hometown of Falkirk, and he relabeled it a shithole. Now, this is a man who comes from fucking Paisley, right? <laughs> was born in Paisley, right? What's Paisley? No, God, someone's going to be from Blissed and from Paisley here. But anyway, I'm putting my hometown of Falkirk up against any town in uh, Scotland. We have the majestic Falkirk Wheel. We have the beautiful Calendar Park. You know, and not only that, we've got two big fucking horses' heads. And, you know, and just sitting there looking amazing. You know, there's a lot of Falkirk. There's a lot of shitholes in Falkirk as well. Let me put out that. But... (laughs) Falkirk is not a shithole, general. You know, if you take the, the rough with the smooth, generally I would say it averages out. So Gordon Ramsay calling my hometown a shithole. There's a great pub in Falkirk behind the wall. You'd love it, guys. Nice ale. Great. Come there. Once this lockdown finishes, we'll go for a pint there. In fact, that's what we're going to do. I'm going to prove to you that Falkirk is not a shithole and I'm going to show you a night on the town in Falkirk once this lockdown finishes, boys. How does that sound? I actually like Falkirk, but I need to say that I love Gordon Ramsay. You guys know that I'm a mark for game shows anyway. I absolutely love my game shows. I'm also a mark for Gordon Ramsay. Uh, I love Hell's Kitchen, love Kitchen Nightmares, and Gordon Ramsay follows me on Twitter. Um, So I absolutely love Gordon Ramsay. Gordon Ramsay and game shows for me is something I'm always going to watch. I will agree, within the first five minutes of watching it, I was like, this is a load of shite. And then I proceeded to watch all three episodes that uh, were on, and right, I'm going to watch them again. Just remade Hell's Kitchen USA, sorry, the original Hell's Kitchen, back in the UK, the way it should be, instead of putting him on a stupid Saturday night quiz show. I only I want think, to watch Gordon Ramsay with food. I think because no uh, kitchens are currently in operation. I think. Well, they could have <laughs> done, yeah, they can't do MasterChef USA because they've already ripped it off the other right. end. He's a, a messing about here. Gordon Ramsay's a dick, right? <laughs> but he's slagging off my hometown. I'm not having have you. Have you ever made anymore. Gordon Ramsay's Beef Wellington, John? Oh, sure. It, it also imagine. had, um... I mean, unless you go Have you seen his cheese on toast? Have you seen what he does to cheese on toast? You just go. No, I will make sure I do for next week. He also does a, a YouTube channel where he has people on his guests cooking and he had a belter with Steve-O for Jackass, but he also has had the Bella Twins and Ro- uh, Ronda Rousey on them. So I love Gordon Ramsay. Huh? Fuck Gordon <laughs> Ramsay. Fuck you, Gordon Ramsay. That's what I'm saying. You think you're a hard man. You're calling my hometown a shithole. Fuck it, you and your shitey cheese and toast. <laughs> Every week on the show, we like to look back at the wrestling shows from across the week. Alex does Dynamite, Gary does Raw, I do NXT, and then every week we have a guest mark on to do SmackDown. Now, for the last month, the last couple of months, it's been big fan of the show, a resident mark, Mr. Bronze Chell, who is with us today. Hello, how are you doing, Paul? I'm doing great, guys. How about yourselves? Yep, we're doing well. Good, good. Now, Every week we lay down the challenge for someone to cut, step up to the plate and take you on to become the Mark on the Mark show. 
and someone has answered that call this week. May I introduce your challenger, Arico? <laughs> no, I am amped to the high heavens to be the first challenger for this title. Uh, oh, yeah, I like it. Yeah. Would you like to cut a promo promo on bronze cello? Well, um, I remember last week when I was listening to the show, it seems that uh, nobody else wanted to step up to the plate and uh, we're all quite happy listening to that. Then you went ahead and called everybody chickens, bronze cello. Mm -hmm. So I'm not taking that. So I'm coming down to the ring and I'm going to challenge you for the Smackdown Marks Championship. I like it. Your retort, Mr. Cello. I'm not going to stoop to any levels. I'm actually going to step aside and let Rico take the turn. All right. Oh, well, listen, I think the best way to settle this out, right? Okay, this is what I've been thinking about. Both of you do. You do one buddy and one put over. Bronze, Rico, you do one buddy, one put over. And then at the end of it, the three of us will have a conflab and we'll decide who is the champion. Okay. No worries. Don't just give it up like that, Bronze. I'm disappointed, to be honest with you. I'm disappointed. He's just like, oh, no, he can have it. It's just like laying down the title, you know, giving it away, for goodness sake. We're, you know, we're just, I didn't expect this from a champion. I have to say, exactly. I expect this from a champion. Right, okay. exactly. I tell you what, John, I want to cut a promo on you for your use of the word conflab. I hate that word. It's like one of, one of my most hated words ever. Right, well, let's crack into it and let's go back to last Wednesday night and Big Alex with AEW Dynamite. It was an okay week of Dynamite. It wasn't It wasn't the best. Uh, we had uh, MJF and Chris Jericho attacking old Papa Buck. Buck, Papa Buck. Ugh, I'm just glad they didn't attack Mrs. Papa Buck. That would have been even worse. We also learned that Kerry Omega is quite into his welding, of all things, and as someone who's watched a lot of Japanese wrestling, I have never seen a barbed wire death match. I've played it on a video game, but I've never seen it. So I'm very intrigued to see how they pull off landmines next week or at Revolution, considering they were hyping that up as well. So looking out, looking forward to that. My first put over of the week, I would like to put over Lance Archer for not just being a terrific wrestler, but for also being a quite good old good guy and for picking up Ray Phoenix at the end of their main event match and giving him a wee handshake and kind of be keeping them friends after they had their wee kind of weird scuffly segments building up to that main event so good on you Lance that was decent uh, my bury this week is something to do with wrestling for once which is also what? quite strange and the way they booked the show they essentially had kind of the first hour was all almost squash matches which mm. was a strange way to book it so you opened off opened up with Moxley versus um, Dolph Jr or is he junior or is he senior? I don't know. I think he's um, junior. Ryan Nemeth, who Ryan uh, Nemeth. My, my favourite thing ever is, um, we all know about WWE's third party edict. So Dolph Ziggler now, every time Ryan is on the show, we'll put out a photo so it's saying, don't watch this. And it's like, <laughs> well, he's technically not promoting anything. <laughs> <laughs> I like it. I like it. And it just, yeah, it was just seemed a bit, it was the second match. I've now completely lost track of my memory of that event now because it was so bad. Were you drunk, Alex? <laughs> were you were you drunk when you watched it? I was a little bit drunk. I'm right. afraid. No, I had. I just didn't write it down, and now I've lost my train of thought. But yes, there was three matches in a row that we knew exactly who was going to win, and it felt very squashy. So I thought it was a weird way to pace the show. They could have at least kind of broken that up a little bit with some of the bigger matches, but weird choice in pacing. My second barrier of the week 
is, am I the only one who thinks we're going to get Nyla Rose versus Sheeta at Revolution again for about the eighth time? I'm really hoping that Nyla is the, the foil and we're meant to get, you know, angry or upset that she's going to get the chance again. And it's all a big swerve and we don't get that, but I I don't I, I don't get it. I'm like, she's becoming like, I, I love Nyla Rose, but she's becoming like the Goldberg, the go-to thing yeah. where it's like, no again, <laughs> no again. And you think, you think they could have told, like, the general booking of the women's tournament, I mean, I'll admit I've not been watching any of the matches on the Japanese side. I'm not that big into my kind of Joshi wrestling. But it doesn't feel like they've really told a particularly interesting story on either side of the bracket. There's not been like an underdog. It's been the people you thought was going to win. I mean, you could argue the upset was Nyla Rose going over Baker, but is yeah. Nyla going over anyone actually an upset? I don't think it is. So, I mean, I'd like to see Ryo Miyazaki actually beat Nyla Rose, which would give this tournament some kind of story. But... I just don't don't see it happening. So it's a bit of a shame. But fortunately enough, after our beginning of squash matches, we come to my second put over, which has got to be Isaiah Cassidy. The man looked absolutely terrific. He got his first one-on-one match in Dynamite. I don't know if he's had a one-on-one match on Dark, but I wouldn't, I haven't seen it. And he looked terrific. Because you know, Mark, I would always say that Mark Quinn sometimes has more of the the kind of the big flashy spots in a way. More than He's Isaiah, the, the Montez Ford of the tag team. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and I think for Isaiah came out of his shell very much so in that match and looked t- absolutely terrific. I mean, I'd imagine that being up against Hangman Page is something to do with that, as when was the last bad Hangman Page match? But kudos to Cassidy. I thought he really stood out and looked terrific, and that was obviously my match of the night. Nice. Um, let's move on to, to me and NXT then. And... Um, a fairly a fairly average episode of NXT. We had some good stuff. We had some bad stuff as normal. But yeah, just nothing really popped me that much. No, I'd say not. There was a couple of bits. So let's just go into them and go straight to the putovers. Um, going to Dexter Lewis. Now, Dexter Lewis, as you guys know on this podcast, I'm a massive fan of him. Massive fan of what he does in the ring. You know, I think it's a good gimmick. You know, it's a really, you know, we don't get, we talk, there's not enough gimmick wrestlers. And Loomis is that. He's a gimmick wrestler. And the one thing I would say, though, is we've got no backstory. We've not got any character development for Dexter Loomis. We don't know where this character's come from. And I think that's something that's really missing from the whole picture on Dexter Lumis to kind of elevate and on. I mean, drop, you know my views on I'm drawn fucking. I was going, I don't know what you need to know, John. He, he likes uh, drawing and he likes killing people. I'm, I'm sold. But is he But is he a killer? We don't know. I mean, this is. Is that, is that not the whole point? Is it's meant to be a mystery? Yeah, well, you want. There's things you're not meant to know about certain characters, John. That maybe is, but, maybe is. but I, I, I won't actually. But I'm really, you know, enjoying. Let's let's bunny on title matches as well. We had two on um, NXT there. Zoe Stark uh, took on Io Shirai, and uh, we put Johnny Gargano against Loomis, and Loomis beat Johnny Gargano. It's just like non-title matches. I don't don't like them. Don't like them. Put the title on. You should be a defending champion or. You know, um, a fighting champion. Uh, yeah. So yeah, putting over Loomis, but I just think we need a backstory, kind of. So kind of burying it in a way. Um, let's move to some buddy. You know, on the Loomis thing, the Indy Hartwell. I don't know where they're going with this. With Indy Hartwell, you know, was kind of pining after Loomis. Um, it's almost like you know, like people 
you know, pine over serial killers in prison, like women, there's a name for it, but women becoming fatuated with, like, serial killers. I don't know if they're kind of playing it out that way, but I don't like where they're going with that. Um, Imperium, again, they show up a promo for Imperium. Where are they? Where are Imperium? Again, they, 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 you know, we've seen Alexander Wolfe return a few weeks ago and then nothing's been done with it since. And obviously, we know the situation with Walter, but it's just, it doesn't seem like a faction when they're not together. So, find this all very, very strange. And still no like boa. Like, I haven't heard of a big COVID outbreak or anything, so I don't know why they've not been using them. I don't know. I don't know. And where's boa? Still no boa in the ring. The boa watch continues. The countdown continues till Boa's arrival in the NXT ring, and I wait for that. Um, on that as well, I want to. Do you know what will happen? I think uh, I think they're going to wait for the deal with Peacock so that they can call him Feather Boa. <laughs> oh dear! <laughs> oh dear! Moving that on. Happened, that happens now, Gary. They're blaming <laughs> you for where they got the idea, Genesis. Not letting uh, anyone off with that. Zaya Lee um, was in action, and. She, I think Casey Cantanzar got too much in. You know, I know I, I, I'm a big fan of Casey. As you know, I think she could be a female Rey Mysterio, blah, blah, blah. But Zaylee got, to, you know, the fact they're trying to build her up, uh, they let Casey Cantanzar get too much in. Obviously, but obviously, then we had her getting put out of action by Zaylee, which is good. But yeah, I think they let her get too much in on her. Um, so yeah, a little bit of buddy there. And put over, I'm guessing, I, I, the credit. At the Carrying Cross um, match with Santos Escobar on last week's show wasn't a fan. I don't know why they're putting them together, but you know it was a good kind of big guy against a little guy, no DQs, the whole shebang. Made Carrying Cross look like a monster. Put over Santos, Santos Escobar as a great heel. Though I don't know what was up with his ring gear. He was wearing like some sort of Breezango style fashion police thing. I don't know what was going on with it. But um, yeah, I. I I don't know. I think I don't know if that was just a filler, you know, for carrying cross. If that's it, just been put a full stop on now. Um, we'll wait and see how that goes. I, I suspect it was, but again, it was that heel versus heel dynamic. But no, a uh, good showing from him, and I think that would probably be my match of the night: Cross versus Escobar. Lots of stuff going on in it. Like, loved the pacing of the match. Loved how they started it off from the the van um, and then kind of continued inside. I thought it was a really well-paced match. I really enjoyed it. And that is it from NXT. Now we go to our guest marks and we'll put up the first, the champion, Bronze Cello, with a buddy and put over from SmackDown. So my first put over um, after being buried for the past two weeks with what the fuck is Seth wearing, I'd actually like to put him over. He came out wearing dress shoes, no socks and a white shoe. Now, Cesaro came out looking like an absolute fucking badass in a pair of jeans. And Seth says that Cesaro lacks the killer instinct. Well, he grabs him and he giant swung him out of the suit jacket. It went flying, uppercutted him. And then, you know, if, if you want to get Cesaro over, put him in there with Seth at Mania and then, you know, have Cesaro going over for me as, as a match I want to see in April. Definitely. That's a good way to start off your defence as well. A clothing pullover. Just, you know how much. <laughs> <laughs> um, is Rico going to do his putover? Yeah, let's get, let's, let's get Rico's putover. No. Oh, um, I wanted to add something actually to your putover, Bronze. Like, see when, uh, when Seth was put into the swing initially, he still had the mic in his hand. 
And for the first couple of revolutions, he was he was like shouting away. I thought I was I thought it was really funny. But I'm glad you actually chose that though as a putover because I thought like the biggest, most obvious putover from this week's SmackDown should be how damn good Apollo Cruz looks now. Um, seeing as he's uh, finally decided to sort of be himself, he's embracing this heritage of like wealth, dominance, and power. And he's uh, displayed that almost straight away by almost breaking Shinsuke Nakamura's neck during their match. Um, <laughs> maybe John Cena's had a word in Apollo's ear as well as Roman. You know, give Shinsuke a really late receipt for that time. That, uh, <laughs> he, he knows how to deal with it. it. He loves it, if anything. <laughs> um, he, uh, Apollo sounded a lot more confident in his heel persona, like more confident than he's ever been in the mic. And he, his belief in the way he talks has made me buy his character and... I also have a fashion put over. Yeah. He's debuted a scarf. A but it's, 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 a, it's a weird scarf. It's like a scarf made of like of spandex. I don't know if that counts as a scarf. Well, it's like, I thought it was like silk. Of your pants, you know, your ring pants. <laughs> it was a bit like a shiny Celtic scarf. Ah, uh, you've, you've put me off uh, it. Yeah, me I, think, I think the Celtic <laughs> connotations are putting, you know, at least 50% of Scotland off him, really, right now. <laughs> Gary's burying that now. Gary's burying uh, that. <laughs> no, I really, um, so I don't know how familiar any of you are with his previous persona, which was Yuha Nation before he was in WWE, and it kind of leaned heavily into Nigerian heritage and stuff. I really want him to go the full way fashion-wise and come out with, you know, the full, like, Nigerian clobber that's the lengthy shirt like the Nile of kind of cotton uh, trousers. I want to be leaning into that because I'm like, that's the kind of representation we don't see in wrestling. Yeah, like yeah. we've seen uh, Kofi Kingston, obviously is kind of vocal about his Ghanaian roots, but we don't really see much in terms of African representation. So I think like, and because we don't see it, that could just make him a star. Though that we could go, right, Africa, there we go, Apollo Crews is our face of the company. Am I the only one who's really worried that WWE would make it immediately just like coming to America? Oh, I, 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 I mean, they're, they're probably going to go, um, has he got a rich uncle that can scam people and then they'll make that part of the storyline because it's WWE. But uh, hopefully not, hopefully not. Nah, hopefully not. I, th- I think like he's he's really leaning into that uh, whole persona, as you say, Gary. And uh, he's debuted a new finisher by the looks of things as well, using an Olympic slam, which is like, it, it looks a lot stronger than the, whatever he was doing last, like the huge big atomic drop power bomb or whatever. It just looks, it's a lot shorter, snappier. Just looks really good. Um, and I think like this could potentially be a little bit of long-term booking paying off as well. You know, he was sitting in Roman Reigns' dressing room a month or two ago and, uh, you know, having a word in his ear. So does uh, does it qualify as long-term booking in WWE? It does these days, yeah. It does. <laughs> it's interesting yeah. seeing the two of them because that now you mention it, they are two very similar characters in that's a way, it. but then they've obviously gone down different routes with the different types of heritage. So that's a good yeah. point to me. Oh, that's a good point. That's a good point. Okay, and uh, boys, let's move over to the buddies. We'll come to you first, Bronze. So I was nitpicking really for this week because it was a really good SmackDown. And um, they had the segment where Bianca decides that she's going to take on Sasha at Mania, which was really, really good. Until WWE decided to post a lot of photos from that. So I don't know if you can see that. She's not pointing at the sign at all. To me, <laughs> comes across as a drunk girl picking what she wants at McDonald's after the night. It's <laughs> sign, folks. It's awful. <laughs> oh man, I, I hate sign. But I I see the sign pointing at this time of year. It just does my head in, man. Just get the mm-hmm. sign in the bin, man. That's 
the habit there. Ah. I love a good sign point. Oh, <laughs> one no. of the that gets me. Sign point. Where did it come from? Who was the first? I must have been Cena. Cena must have been the first. I think it was Orton. I remember him doing it. Was it Royal Rumble 2008, maybe? Mm. Maybe that far back. But the first sign, I think, was the Mania 20 sign. I remember that being like the first sign, but I think the first sign point was like when Orton won it, I think. I can't yeah, imagine uh, Redacted having pointed at the sign for WrestleMania 20. <laughs> <laughs> um, I, I just want lots of pictures of people pointing at signs now, just in the homage to people, like people pointing at motorway signs, people uh, pointing, yeah. signs, <laughs> pointing at roadwork signs. I just want... Like, let, let's recreate Wrestle, uh, WrestleMania great moments by pointing at everyday signs in the street, people. I want to see pictures <laughs> on the wrestling app, Pitter, if you will. Pitter, Twitter. Yes, please do that. Um, Rico, let's move to your buddy, mate. Actually, um, I, I, again, I totally agree with, uh, with Bron there. Um, it's, it was a really good show, and Bianca Belair shockingly choosing Sasha Banks to take on at WrestleMania was actually my buddy as well. Uh, but the thing that I took away from it most was when they had the two segments at the start, um, you know, saying, oh, who's Bianca Belair going to choose? And they showed the Asuka one and the Sasha Banks one. I mean, that's it's, it's fairly obvious she was going to choose Sasha Banks, but it just showed how badly in need Asuka is of refreshing. She's She is stale at this point and, you know, maybe getting her teeth kicked out by Shayna Baszler's... Uh, going to, I don't know, light a fire in or something, I don't know, but uh, yeah, it, it was just, it feels like it's a shame how, how kind of far she's fallen, I mean Asuka's just, she's just kind of there on Raw at the moment, and I do have an additional buddy as well, like I've noticed Sasha Banks has stuck to do a laugh, and if you watch Smackdown regularly, it happens at least once a show, and it's annoying, it's really, really annoying, so I'm going to I'm gonna buddy that, I'm not going to do an impression of it, but um, I know exactly what you mean. Yeah, yeah. Right, some excellent uh, points there, boys. What we'll do is take like a massive now style Davina McCall pause, and we'll come back <laughs> at the end uh, as we move over to Raw and Gary Cassidy. Normally, I feel like I've drawn the short straw with Rob. I actually think I've got off quite well this week because. For the rest of the shows, I think Raw might actually have been my favourite show this week. Wow. Um, my first first put over, I think I would be daft not to say Bobby Lashley. The guy is, I think he's in his prime, and I think we've spoken before on, on the show about this, how, you know, wrestlers have started wrestling more into their elder years. 20, 30 years ago, you'd never think that somebody in their 40s would be in their prime, and now we've got AJ Styles, Sheamus, Bobby Lashley, a load, a load of people that are, you know, better than ever. Two years ago, Bobby Lashley was doing the Lashley sister stuff. Then he was doing the Lana wedding angle. Everything he's done since, he's been paired with MVP, I think. We've almost forgotten about the nonsense he was doing before it, and they've just done a brilliant job of presenting him. Mentioned it last week that I was, you know, preemptively kind of putting something over because I thought that we were going to get a good payoff. The way that they done the booking of him losing the United States Championship, I don't remember a more perfect bit of booking on the raw side of things anyway. You know, the 
John Morrison being the guy that takes the pin costs Lashley the United States title, so he doesn't need to look weak by taking the pinfall, and that plays perfectly into why you should face Miz, because he was the guy that ended up beating up Drew McIntyre. I just think they've done it amazingly. If we get um, if we get Drew McIntyre versus Bobby Lashley, it'll be brilliant. However, I now need to bring up something that I listened to on Friday. And John taking credit for my idea. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I, oh, I would quite like to see uh, Brock Lesnar return to Fastlane oh I wonder where you held that John that was a, that was a lovely wee idea you came up with there yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, normally, I normally get to listen to the main show on a Wednesday but um, Goshi got in touch with me and he was like have you listened to Friday's show yet I'm going no nah, I've not heard it yet he's like listen to it before Tuesday <laughs> <laughs> I was like, oh yeah, but, um, but I, that just the way they've done the Lashley thing, I think they've done it absolutely superbly. It was brilliant to see another, a tiny, tiny promo here. Wrestling fans that say things, they don't know what they mean. Everybody last night's gone, they've done the bait and switch with Lashley. They've done the bait and switch. I'm going, you don't really know what a bait and switch means because it means you're not getting something that's been advertised. They're definitely going to give you what was advertised. They're just doing it in quite a genius way. I thought there's only so far you can go with it. But what they've done, for anybody that's not seen Raw, the start it started out with a massive you know, promo between Drew McIntyre, then Sheamus, Bobby Lashley, everybody. But they had it that Bobby Lashley was getting his answer from Miz in the form of a title match happening and at the top of the first hour of the show. Didn't happen. Um, but everybody's gone, oh my God, we're not going to get the match. They've done the bait and switch. And it's like, there's two hours left of the show. Like, obviously, they're not going to do a title change an hour in. So either you're getting a rubbish, nonsensical match or it's going to be repeated. They've done the same thing. Miz was unwell. And then Lashley went backstage, threatened him. Adam Pearce said, right, it's happening at the, the top of the second hour then. Uh, so they did the match then. And Miz, the second the bell rang, Ran out of the ring, grabbed his belt and sprinted into the backstage area. Uh, Lashley wins by count out, but doesn't win the title. And then they said, well, you've got to compete in the main event or you're getting stripped of the title. Lumberjack match and had Lashley winning. Brilliant moment. I just loved it. And the, the thing that I put it on Twitter, I don't know if anyone remembers Kofi Kingston winning uh, the WWE Championship. What happened after that with MVP? A video went up at MVP and Shad Gaspard watching it in a bar and I think it was New York it was in. Uh, tears in MVP's eyes and just thinking he's got to like he's been a massive part of Bobby Lashley becoming the second black WWE champion and getting to watch that for ringside and also he's got the tag team champions with him and he's been a massive part of it ever since coming back so I just think Lashley hurt business chuck it all in there the longest put over I've ever ever done but that's got to be in there as a as the biggest put over a raw absolutely amazing uh, yeah I don't you think I'd... they could have done it without the hurt business because I think that, uh, said, you're talking about MVP. I think it's been essential to aye. that being a legitimate thing they could do. For yeah. what he was doing beforehand, I wouldn't uh, fancy the chances that have happened <laughs> with him. But I just think he's been, he's looked absolutely brilliant. They've presented him perfectly, which is something people normally don't say about WWE. So I think it needs said. <laughs> so is it going to be, is it going to be at WrestleMania? Is it going to be McIntyre versus Lashley? Or do you think we're going to see the return of Brock at Fastlane and maybe do a three-way at Mania? I was on a media call with Lashley and I tried to kind of needle that wee thing in there and see if he'd give me a wee... A wee obviously, he's not going to say, oh, Brock's returning, because that's not the way media calls work. But I was like, I'll try and see if he does, like, cuts a wee promo on Brock, and he just didn't. Yeah. Uh, so I, don't, I, I think there's all this talk nowadays, that, um, or nowadays, in the past two weeks, uh, that WWE are apparently keeping creative storylines more under wraps for talent. 
So there's a good chance he might not know about it, but I actually think the bigger chance is probably it's a pipe dream and I'm just praying that Lesnar comes back when actually we're probably just going to get McIntyre Lashley. Don't care. They were brilliant when we've seen them before. I loved that match. And I think it would be brilliant, you know, nowadays, the fact that we're going to have Lashley with a crowd in there. And I think the crowd are going to be cheering Lashley and McIntyre. So I think it's going to be a really interesting dynamic. Yeah, yeah. What Moving on to the buddy, Scary, what you got for us? Aye. Um, there's not much that was that bad. Again, it's quite an quite a easy kind of week to watch a three-hour show, which we never really uh, say. However, oh. <laughs> the Randy Orton's, like, you just know as much as anybody how sold I've been on the Phil Alexa Bliss Bray Wyatt Randy Orton stuff. It, it's starting to lose me. <laughs> it's, what it's, happened it's, this week with black stuff come out of Morton's mouth the, uh, last week what's happened this week no so I actually thought they were going down that route and they kind of teased the Miz being sick in his match that was happening immediately after so I was like don't do two vomit angles in the space of two segments um, but no what we had was Randy Orton backstage getting interviewed by Kayla Braxton uh, starts cutting a promo on Alexa Bliss because obviously The Fiend is, is dead essentially because we've not seen him for that long so Alexa Bliss is getting threatened with the same thing that happened to The Fiend and then Alexa Bliss shows up on screen. I don't think she was inside a pentagram this week, but she was holding. She was. <laughs> looked like a. Oh, was she inside one? I was going to say I missed that. I was too busy focused on. She looked like she was holding like a cheap Yankee candle with a pentagram on it or something. <laughs> uh, and it was like, oh, where's this going? So essentially, what happens? I blinked for a second, and two seconds later, there's druids walking past. One of them walks up to the the camera, faces Randy Orton, takes his hood down, and it's Randy Orton. So uh, we've got demonic Randy Orton speaking with a really deep voice to Randy Orton, cutting a promo on him. I guess he was possessed. We kind of mentioned that a couple of weeks ago with the black vomit, but <laughs> I don't, I don't know where we're going. I, I don't know where we're going. We're obviously going to a gimmick match with Randy Orton and Bray Wyatt, but I don't know why we're going the route we're going to get to that match because it's. It was good and it's no good. <laughs> it's been so long as well, isn't it? It's gone on. It's like I'm it's been all for four months, I think, three, four months. I'm all mm. for silly box and a wee bit of mysticism in wrestling, you know, because that's what we're into, you know. We want to be entertained. This is just shit. I think that's a little bit too much information about what you're into, John. <laughs> <laughs> well, that, I'm, I'm a bit, I'm kind of torn because I'm going, I think me as a kid might have loved this. I'm not sure. Right. Right. But I'm, so I'm trying. I'm always trying to look back and go. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Me as like a kid who obviously is the key demographic, I guess, um, would be watching this. Would they be loving? It? I think they might be, but I'm not sure. Either way, I'm not liking it, so I can bury it anyway. Nah, I mean, it's starting to remind <laughs> me of like all the Sue Young, James Mitchell Impact stuff, and like the Ali when she was. They were going between dimensions and things, which yeah, it's. They're veering a wee bit too far towards the paranormal and it always gets, a, you know, it's hard to say it because we love The Undertaker, but it's, it, got, it always gets a wee bit rough when you go that way and you're never going to please everyone, but I think they're starting to lose the majority. Um, the second bury, I was actually a wee bit torn. I was almost going to say, because I'm really pernickety and we've no mentioned retribution in a while. <laughs> um, so they had Ali pin Riddle clean, which was odd anyway, but then they had like proper beat down. And then the next segment, the lumberjack match, they had uh, <laughs> they had Ali and Riddle kind of walking, not alongside each other, but close enough that it's like a subby bit <laughs> nonsensical. And they also had uh, the person that we mentioned last week, Braun Strowman, who obviously 
fucking hate Shane McMahon and storyline right now and they're leading towards this big match between they two. But we had Braun Strowman doing Shane McMahon's dirty work and being a lumberjack. So that didn't make any sense, but that's not my biddy. My biddy is very simple and it's the fact that we got about a three-minute match between Charlotte Flair and Shayna Baszler. Shayna Baszler getting pinned clean with a natural selection, which I don't mind if it's after a lengthy match, but... Natural selection? Aye, it seems... Obviously, they don't want her to tap out, which is fine, but... (laughs) Three minute match. Shayna Baszler. Why, why <laughs> they make they, any sense? Why have they buried Shayna Baszler so much since she's come up? I, I I know you don't like the B word, Gary. But I no, I, I know. I, I, fucking I, ruined that girl. I think she had the potential to. Be, I, I mean, not even just the potential. We saw it with the elimination chamber last year. We're only yeah. a year after having the most dominant elimination chamber anybody's ever had. Um, I don't get it because it's not even that. <laughs> Nia Jax has pinned the two women's champions the past two weeks. <laughs> she pinned Sasha Banks and Asuka across t- uh, in the space of a week. Uh, and then Aww. Shayna Baszler, her tag team partner, just, you know, jobs it to Charlotte Flair. And Nia minutes. is the real star of that <sighs> team. And Aww. that is the real star it was, here, guys. And I, I, like, I, I like, I, I love Charlotte Flair. I've mentioned that a lot. I yeah. think she's very underrated. And the promo, I, like, the one bit you can criticise her on, apart from the booking, is the promo. And she's upped her game with that. And she cut a brilliant promo. But then you follow that match. And if you're cutting a babyface promo, and she's done a really good job with two babyface promos the past two weeks. But if you're going to have her cut a babyface promo, you can't have her pin somebody that you know people think should be doing better in the space of three minutes. It's just... Does it work as a babyface, though? I heard another podcast. Now, this will be interesting to see. Did she come out in the, the with the same music and the robes? Aye, all the same. Exactly the same. So... I, I get what they're trying to do. You know, they're trying to get her still being a flair, but wanting to separate herself from yeah, Ric Flair. I mean, but it's a I, tricky line to walk. I, I know, but yeah, you know what? That's it. You know, you, she cut a promo last week saying she wanted to distance herself from the flair. So why not repackage her? And then if they want to go with a face run, ditch the robes, switch up her music, and do something that do way. you realise how expensive those robes are, though? <laughs> you know, <laughs> bad boy, she pulls out all the big shows, mate. That, was, that cost a pretty penny. Yeah, yeah, but it's yeah. I, Charlotte as a face is never works. Never works. So, we, nah. uh, do you want to end on a positive, Gary? I my final put over as my match of the night, so I don't really need to uh, go too far for that. Uh, tweeted about it within the first hour of Raw. Wasn't it proven wrong? <laughs> Sheamus Drew McIntyre. It should have been on a pay per view. It should have arguably been on WrestleMania. Yeah, why have they given that away? <laughs> it's you know I think it's this odd thing that we get now where. The, the pay-per-views don't drive the, the 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 product. They don't drive the weekly product. The weekly product actually is the pay-per-view. And then the pay-per-view is the free thing that happens. Um, but I, I don't get it. We had a title change last night and a match that should have been on WrestleMania. So I guess I can't say it was a bad draw to watch, but it was just confusing. That match, though, I think it was only 20, 25 minutes. It felt like it went close to an hour, but in a good way. Like, you know, it's the opposite of the Charlotte match that I mentioned where it felt like a lengthy, like, epic clash that had you invested from start to finish. For what I've seen for Fightful, I know that's, a, you know, it's not made it to the news segment anyway, but Fightful, Sean Ross Sapp, always brilliant um, with, with any reporting he does. But he reported that they called almost all it in the ring and then went backstage to essentially a standing ovation. The most simple uh, thing to say is, you can see why. It was just absolutely amazing. If you're going to watch one thing for Raw, obviously it's Lashley winning the title, but if you're going to watch two things, definitely watch that match. It was absolutely incredible. 
I'll definitely get on to that. Thank you very much, Gary. Um, and that's it for the buddies and put over. So we come to the decision. Who is going to be our champion going forward? Now, I'm not I, no, I'm not a fan of a non-finishing wrestling. You know, we don't like that when it happens as a pay-per-view or something like that. But I think these two would form a brilliant tag team. You know, I, I think it's the old th- old wrestling thing of, you know, you take your Cesaro, you take your Sheamus, you put them together into a tag team. And so if you gentlemen want to work as a tag team, up to you guys. Tag in, tag out. Come on at the same time. Entirely up to you going forward. Sounds good. Sounds good to me. It sounds so good to the chat. Sounds good to me. I'm, I'm not sure of Rico's employment, but um, calling them the bar is ironic given the uh, bronze job. Uh, that, that, is, <laughs> that is very true. Uh, guys, thank you so much for that. Um, really, really good insights. Thanks to everyone. Remember, if you want to get your buddies and putovers in for Rab and Gradle on this week's show, you can do that really easily. You can do that Wrestling Daft on the Twitter, uh, Instagram, Wrestling Daft Podcast, or just plain old Wrestling Daft on the Facebook. Right, you know where it's at if you want more content from Wrestling Daft. Of course you do. It's patreon.com forward slash wrestling daft. Uh, loads up there and you can get involved with. We've got video versions of this show. We've got video versions of the show with Robin Grado. Um, we have the chance to vote on the list of Wrestling Daft. The chance to vote on Fancy Booking Island, which will be on very, very soon. Um, we've got ad-free versions of the shows. Patreon pay-per-view parties. You'll get free Wrestling Daft t-shirts hold of options, three different tiers from which you can choose from. Give us what you can. We really, really appreciate your support and making this podcast happen because without you guys, it doesn't happen at all. Um, so thank you very much if you are a Patreon and support us. If you want to get involved, we'd love to have you on board. Check it out, patreon.com forward slash wrestling daft because we'd love to have you as a member of our stable. It's the Wrestling News with Gary Cassidy. Gary, let's start off with our Wrestling Daft exclusive. Well, it is an exclusive at time of recording. By the time you probably listen to it, it's probably in every outlet going. But Gary, what have you got for us? Aye, so essentially, um, I don't know how many people are going to be ridiculously interested in this, apart from Rab Florence, as I'm sure might talk about it on the main show on Friday. NWA, uh, over the past week, their stuff all randomly vanished. Uh, from their YouTube channel, which is their primary outlet for showing power. Obviously, hasn't it been on for a wee while anyway, but everything vanished. A lot of people were either worried that NWA were closing doors completely or were thinking AEW partnership because, uh, you know, Thunder Rosa, Serena Deeb. Somewhere in the middle of that falls the truth. <laughs> it's neither of those things, but it's somewhere in between. So if the people uh, care that much or eagle-eyed, they probably might be able to work this out anyway. If you do a wee search just now for NWA, it will come up that they've got an event coming on uh, Fight TV in the coming future. That's called Back for the Attack. It's got all, you know, all the people that you've seen there before, you know, obviously uh, Nick Aldis being one of them. Um, I'll just get the the mini list up of who else it will be just so that I'm not... Um, not selling them short, uh, but we'll have Nick Aldis, it'll have Tim Storm, it'll have Camille Brickhouse, who I think is absolutely incredible. Uh, it'll have uh, Aaron Stevens, big Damien Sandow, also interviewed him before, he was brilliant. Elijah Burke, Thunder Rosa, Trevor Murdoch, uh, and that'll be called Back for the Attack, and that is scheduled for March 21st. 
Uh, so not that far away. However, that's all stuff that is quite easy to find out. So the tiny, tiny exclusive that I've got here is that that partnership is not going to be for a one-off. Uh, they're going to be entering into a deal that's the first fight has ever done where it's an exclusive rights deal, which is the explanation for why NWA's stuff all came off YouTube. Uh, it looks like their stuff is going to go on to fight as a back catalogue. I'm not certain on that yet, but it looks like that's the way and every future event will be on fight. They were made an offer by another uh, streaming service, pretty big sports streaming service, and Billy Corgan was apparently on the verge of taking that offer. Nick Aldis said to him, hold on, because Fight is somebody that I've worked with. Nick Aldis does a lot of interviews for Fight. He's done boxing interviews, MMA interviews, yeah. nothing really wrestling related. Uh, but he's done a lot of that kind of stuff. And he said, might be worth uh, having a look at what Fight have got to offer. Fight came in with an offer. Obviously, Fight are ridiculous in terms of their reach I know they do AEW for everywhere outside the US they do all the impact stuff you know I'm always running competitions with them for any wrestling event that's not a WWE event pretty much so they came in with an offer Fight is going to be uh, the, the provider for NWA I'm not sure what it means for NWA Power I don't know if NWA Power is going to be the name of the show going forward but I know that it's kicking off with this pay-per-view back for the attack on Fight TV, March 21st, and then a long-standing exclusive relationship between Fight and AEW. Exciting for me because uh, obviously I'm in with the Fight folk. I'll get to watch it for nothing. Uh, but um, aye, exciting stuff. Yeah, no, um, I'll be, I, I mean, Rab's a massive fan of NWA. It's not something I've ever got into, but I really like how, how they do it. And when I've seen it, I really love the format of it. So... It's good news for them because you'd imagine that fights are considerably better payday than the YouTube stuff, and it's a lot more what's the word uh, reliable. Aye, yeah. I fight uh, that like I can't put them over enough. I obviously run a lot of competitions for them and watch everything on Fight TV in terms of AEW because it's the way to watch it in the UK. But I, I'm excited for it, and I'm the same. I don't watch much NWA. I, like I love Camille Brickhouse. I'm a big fan of Nick Aldis and. You know, Trevor Murdoch's a name that I always kind of see and go, oh, I remember really liking him, but I don't really watch much of their stuff. This might convince me to watch, so hopefully it's the same for others as well. Yeah, no, good, good. Uh, let's move on to some news on Cesaro. Um, he's not really revealed what's happening with his contract. Um, you know, earlier in, in the month we were reporting um, that he hadn't signed a contract, but it's now kind of a bit up in the air, which seems like it's going to be a work. I love this. I won't lie. Like, as somebody that is desperate to find out all information at all times, I love it when somebody's just like, no telling you. <laughs> <laughs> it's just absolutely brilliant. So, uh, obviously, a lot. Of, we've reported on it the past few weeks. Cesaro contracts up after WrestleMania, around the WrestleMania season, which is always the case. It's just the way, you know, WrestleMania is like Christmas in wrestling. That's when all contracts are signed. It's when everything happens. Um, so, a lot of reports that he was, you know, Will he sign again? Will he not sign again? His contract's up, might he look elsewhere? Or the AEW rumours flying? I think as a wrestler, there would be nothing better than that. Watching all the buzz about, yeah, I'd love to see this guy here. Oh, no, I'd love to see him stay there. So I love this. Um, but he did get interviewed by Sports Illustrated. I don't think I need to say how credible Sports Illustrated are. I think everybody will know that anyway. Uh, but what Cesaro said is, I'm not going to confirm or deny anything. To me, there needs to be a certain amount of mystery in wrestling. A lot of that magic gets lost, so I'll let people talk. What's important to me is my work in the ring. That's just, I, I absolutely love that. I think that's absolutely amazing. It makes me love Cesaro even more than I already did. But then he also um, spoke about the potential of a world title run because 
you know, brilliant for Sports Illustrated to ask that because it's something that everybody always talks about. And Cesaro said, it's not up to me um, to decide what I deserve in wrestling. That's up to the fans. Leads to that wee face turn that we mentioned might be happening. Um, but I said, um, I'll keep working hard to reach my goals. This isn't just about me. I represent all of Switzerland, all of Germany, all of Italy, and all of the international world. Wrestling's a universal language spoken all over the world, so I'm proud to be an international representative and do this for the fullest of all the international fans. Who doesn't love Cesaro? I know, he's great. He's really, really good. I just I'm Swiss not being able to pick between the Germans. And the Germans. <laughs> <laughs> He's very neutral on the full thing. You just want to see him with that world title on him at some point. You know, give it, uh, give it to him at some point. For God, he deserves it, man. Absolutely. The one thing you need to say, though, much like the Swiss flag, if he does resign, it will be a big plus. Hey, <laughs> um, we mentioned it uh, in the buddies and putovers, but uh, Vince is apparently keeping Stum to the talent over plans for WrestleMania because he's been disappointed in some of the leaks that have been happening. Uh, I love the way that this has been reported. Wrestling promoter isn't happy with his content being leaked. <laughs> 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 Who would be? Is uh, unless you're desperate for obviously there's an odd thing where it's beneficial for it to be leaked, you know. And even then, I was going to say like Ronda Rousey at the Royal Rumble will get people to watch the Royal Rumble, but that moment anyway, even when people discover it after it, is going to get you traction. So I'm a wee bit torn on how beneficial leaks are, which is why I don't really like reporting them. Uh, but this full thing is about Vince McMahon apparently being unhappy about leaks surrounding a couple of matches for WrestleMania getting out there. There's not been, I, I don't think there's been much concrete in the way of this anyway. It's just people going, this might be the plan, that might be the plan, but it's all stuff we'd guess. Aye. Like Roman Reigns Edge, who's not going to guess that's going to be the main event? Um, in the same way, Bad Bunny, I mean, Bad Bunny's been on telly and feuding with him as of course it looks like something's planned there. But, Wrestling news, I believe it was um, more possibly imaginary man Paul Davis there uh, who said this. I'm going to keep saying that until Paul Davis eventually reaches out to me and says he's no imaginary just to bait him into it. Um, but I, he apparently has said that Vince McMahon was upset when word got out that the main event for WrestleMania would be Edge and Roman Reigns. I think that was the moment he decided not to clue in wrestlers on future plans, which is a report that's been gone a bit for a few places that apparently the wrestlers are being told about their storylines and the writers on the day, apparently, uh, even, you know, the day I run SmackDown, the writers need to gain permission for the higher powers to, uh, to tell the wrestlers what their future storyline is. I'm not sure how much this I believe that one. fucking mad. I am. get permission to tell them what their storyline is yet. I don't think I believe that personally. Uh, just because how, you know, how is a wrestler meant to actually perform if they don't know what they're doing next week? <laughs> Obviously, all the jokes about Raw being booked on a week-to-week basis, even though it was quite good the past few weeks. Uh, but I, I think that's a bit, off the mark, but I'm not sure. I've not reached it because I don't really care. <laughs> I've not really reached out about that. But um, I interesting to see that uh, that Vince McMahon apparently isn't happy with his stuff being leaked because that's a huge shock. Yeah, no. <laughs> <laughs> Um, and just a, a quick one at the end here, uh, throwing it in. Big Cass, um, I don't know if you saw pictures of uh, Big Cass and Enzo back in the ring or uh, Cass XL and. Uh, what is Enzo going under now? Enzo, Enzo but like yeah. NWO format. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But um, I mean, Cass looked jacked, and apparently they still have supporters in the WWE. 
Aye. Um, so I should preface it by saying I think we had the Enzo interview on here last yeah. year. Yeah. Uh, and a long time ago, but Enzo was saying, like, I obviously asked him for an update on Cass and he said, the guy's in the shape of his life. And it's like, of course you're going to say that. Like, he's your best pal and obviously he's rehabbing and stuff. Boost him up. He is in the shape of his life. When I seen the seen the video and seen the, the photos, man, the guy looks absolutely brilliant. And the look's obviously never been the problem for him. He's, he's yeah. obviously, you know, a lot of personal issues that it seems like he's got over. He's released a T-shirt um, that says, I think it's straight out of 12, uh, 12 Steps or 12 Steps Out or something, which is in reference to his getting over his addiction, which is uh, absolutely brilliant. So he's released that T-shirt, gone to an addiction charity, However, this this news piece I'm a bit unsure of as well. This is just me slating all the news, by the way. This is what you're getting nowadays, <laughs> me telling you why news shouldn't be believed. Uh, no, so the story is for WrestleVotes, which I always say ever um, ever reliable. But I, I need to obviously call it as I see it. I can't say oh, I believe this just because they're always reliable. Um, saying Enzo and Cass have a lot of supporters in WWE. No. I don't want to be flippant about this. Think of how many people work in WWE. I'm sure in any company of that size, you could find supporters for anything. <laughs> I don't cleaners. think it's, it's, a... it's the cleaners, man. They just, <laughs> just left. <laughs> no. There's so little work to do after Enzo and Cass had been in. They don't care about Enzo and Cass. They only like Kenny Omega. Uh, <laughs> but <laughs> no, um, I, I think this is a bit of a... Hmm. Because we know of Enzo's history with WWE and he'd kind of spoke about a potential return. Then Alex McCarthy interviewed Triple H and Triple H said, load of nonsense. Um, so I'm not sure about this one. There's also reports going around that they're going to be an AEW. One big problem I can see with that, and obviously things can change, Cass threatened to shoot Joey Janela in the past. <laughs> Slight problem. I'm not sure you could have they to work together. Do you remember the reaction when they showed up on Ring of Honor? And like the new Aye, the Billy Reith. Aye, aye. So uh, there was that. And also Enzo has quite a bad history with Joey Janela as well. Right. Uh, so I think I think these reports, you know, it's the kind of thing that, of course, when they show up, they're free agents. Oh, they're going to go somewhere. I've no info on this. I'll say that firstly, but I think that the reasonable explanation and where I would think they would go, aye. Uh, so this was an Impact Plus event for a start because it was Lariato Pro Wrestling, which is Doc Gallo's promotion. Right. The Good Brothers, they are good friends with the Good Brothers. Uh, Enzo yeah. was on the Talking Shop Mania. I think that's more likely where they're going to go. But again, the insider info, that's just my guess. Kind of education, educated guess, I would say. But I, I think that would be a big signing for them as well. I, I, that would I, make waves. I mean, I, I think there'd be nothing better than Enzo cutting a promo in an empty arena. <laughs> Obviously, I hope the empty arena is only like a thing going forward, but I think that would be brilliant. But I, for me, I just think... Uh, I think it's the kind of thing, obviously, rumours are going to come out. And they probably do have supporters in WWE. I'm not going to say that everybody hates them there because it's probably not true. Yeah. I, you know, everything I heard about Enzo before I interviewed him, I was like, no sure on this guy. Came out going, ah, he's all right. And yeah. I think Big Cass is probably the same. Uh, so, I interesting stuff. But same with the Cesaro thing. A wee bit of mystery. I can't wait to see what they do. There's a lot of people that don't like them in WWE. I think there's probably a lot less people, more people that don't like them. Well, certainly, obviously, what we've heard about Big Cass and the, the troubles he it had. Enzo uh, crashing Survivor Series exactly. a few years ago. And, and it's not even that. They might have a lot of supporters, but 
I wouldn't like to put words in their mouth, but if Triple H doesn't like them, you'd have to think that maybe the, the people that are in charge of the decision-making might be the ones that are important here. So It's a, it's a shame because, I mean, there was a time there when Cass and Enzo were the hottest thing in the promotion. They were getting put up alongside John Cena and stuff like that, and their mic work, you know, Enzo's mic work second to none. You know, he's just, he's when I was, a, I was writing the article on Cass's comeback, and I, I nearly wrote former tag team champion. I was like, I better just check that fact. And I looked, I was like, they didn't even win a title in WWE. No, <laughs> Not even in NXT. NXT. It was, it was ridiculous. Like, Carmella is the most satis- is the most satisfying, successful of that trio. Yep. Yeah. Uh, absolutely insane. That was when I looked back at that, I was like, oh, that's that makes me feel a bit bad because I think they, they were like the most over thing in the company at one point. I had a mug and it's still in my, my work office that obviously I've not been in for a year, the certified G mug. And then obviously when they go to release, I was going to just uh, put a A-R-Y after G, but I decided not to bother. <laughs> I, well, I'd, love, I'd love to see them back and I'd love to see them back as a team and, and doing their stick because it was great. And I think it still would be, but uh, we will wait and see. Gary, as ever, thank you very much for the news. Cheers. Ah, we've returned to the island once again. Yes, it's Fantasy Booking Island, an island full of wrestling where anything goes. Um, we were set the task probably about two years ago now. <laughs> Um, to book um, Yokozuna in the Attitude Era. Now, Alex, really, you know, if we will cast our mind back a few months where there was a promo getting cut on myself for not giving Alex enough time, he's had now probably about a month to, to come up with a, a booking for this one. Because so, we held I off... Got, I wasn't prepared. I thought you did this previously. No, we held off... Oh, did you, you try to tell me you didn't listen to the show last week even though you weren't on it? Well, I was lying in my bed in a lot of pain for the majority of the week. I'm sorry well, that podcasts take, weren't high up on my list. I would have John. taken your mind off of it. it I was I was too busy rewatching all of the week, so I had Julia Dreyfus Lewis to take my mind off of it. It was the choice of that or your voice. I think Julia Dreyfus Lewis. Right. Okay, that's fair enough. But yeah, we're back on Fantasy Program. We're asked to book Yokozuna in the Attitude Era. Um, here we go. Who I can't remember. It's so long ago. I can't even remember who won the last. Day. I think it was Gary won. The it last was day. me indeed. So it Gary, who would you like to go first on Fantasy Booking Island? I will choose to go first myself because I've got a feeling that these ideas are going to be at least in your uh, and at least one of my ideas is going to be in one of your uh, pitches. So I'm going to go first just okay. to just right, to get in there first. Do you want two minutes on the clock? Don't need it. <laughs> right. <laughs> okay. right okay Gary your time starts now so I'm going to go back to a very specific moment in the Attitude Era and then have my uh, Yoko's in a debut and this is him debuting in the company for the first time by the way we forget anything else Yoko's in right, that ever okay. happened because anything goes so I'm uh, well and truly going with it anything goes on this one Ministry of Darkness have Stephanie McMahon on the crucifix they are getting ready to crucify Stephanie. And then what happens? We have Funaki's Indeed flash up on the screen. Funaki comes out and essentially just gets laughed at at the building by everyone in the ring. Because obviously Funaki's not going to take on The Undertaker, Viscera, Midian, the, the Acolytes, everybody. Funaki's like, I need to bring it someday. And he turns in. And who comes out? But Mr. Fuji. No Yoko's in it yet. We get Mr. Fuji. Mr. Fuji goes, I am here to save wrestling. 
I present to you the Yokoza. And we've got Yokozuna manning a faction that are going to overtake wrestling. And that faction is Akira Tozawa and the Ninjas. <laughs> and we also throw in, just for a wee bit more, uh, a wee bit more meat, a wee bit more brutality, Minoru Suzuki. He's part of the faction, because why no? Anything goes. What? What? Because you're missing a wee bit of, a wee bit of broad in there. So uh, we've got Minoru Suzuki in there as well, just to, just to take on the acolytes. Um, so I, we end up having a full rivalry between those. I'm not going to detail the full rivalry because I'll say I'm leaving it to your imagination. Really, it's because I've no thought of it. But we've got them uh, going forward, full rivalry. Yokozuna has a match with Viscera because obviously that would be absolutely incredible. We could even do a sumo wrestling match, make it very Vince McMahon and Viscera can wear a sumo gi. Uh, you can do whatever you want with it. But we have that. We have uh, a full rivalry and it just leads to Yokozuna versus Undertaker and Yokozuna ends the streak at WrestleMania. Wow, there you go. There's definitely going to be some recurring characters in these bookings. Yeah, you've taken a lot of amalgamation of some ideas that have previously been heard on this feature, Gary. Chuck in Kenta Kibashi as well. Chuck in anybody you want. <laughs> Let's try and think of the Japanese wrestlers you guys might put in there. <laughs> right, Chuck okay. in uh, Hideo Itami, Kenta. <laughs> <laughs> Who's up next then, Gary? Um... Go for John. I think Alex is gonna, despite not having prepared too much. I think Alex is gonna be the the professional here, having known Japanese wrestling. So well, absolutely, <laughs> short and sweet for me, boys. And um, we take you back to the height of that should be that, and we're in Royal Rumble 2000, and we are in the ring with Kurt Angle, who is cutting a promo. Um, as we know, at that event, he was uh, downplaying the necks. He was doing all this. But Kurt Angle is in the ring and he is saying that wrestling, proper wrestling, is the finest sport in the world. He has two gold medals. He is the best wrestler in the world, bar none. Who can prove otherwise? Who can prove that he is not the best wrestler in the world? Obviously, at that event, it was Taz who kind of answered the call and made his debut. Not this time, however. Yokozuna makes his way to the ring um, to take on Kurt Angle, squashes Kurt Angle, Angle very much like it hap like happened, ends up stretched out um, and then we build towards Wrestlemania 2000 um, and we build towards Yokozuna versus Kurt Angle to prove once and foremost what is the best wrestling in the world, is it amateur wrestling or is it the sumo wrestling? Simple as that. Like what do you get approval there, Alex? Yeah, it's good. It's simple. It was decent, but nothing's ever going to beat a Taz debut for me, so it's setting up for disappointment. Uh, <laughs> love Taz. <laughs> I know you do. Right, Alex, you're up next. You've had two months to prepare for who expects. The <laughs> still keeps increasing. Well, I've, I've taken a little bit of inspiration from my favourite ever wrestling draft, Fantasy Book and Island storyline which was John's when he sent R-Truth to Japan on his mystic voyage. So I'm going to do something similar. So we're going to go back to the Attitude Era, and the focus of this booking is going to be the legendary tag team of Kai and Tai. Now they're going to yes. go on absolute ridiculous losing streak, so much so that they have to start. They feel they're disgracing Japan, and they need to go back to Japan to you know, learn their roots again. And down some back alley of Tokyo, when they're drunk out of their minds, they decide to go into this bar where they encounter the Yakuza and they make a deal with the Yakuza to get them an assistant to come out. So at the next pay-per-view, they somehow, for some reason, get 
some kind of big tag team match, and they bring out behind them out comes Yakuza leader, Mr. Fuji, and he announces their new escort, Yokozuna, who walks them out. And, and surprisingly, they start to win matches. So you can just start pushing them ahead. Yokozuna just clears the ring, just wins the matches for them. So eventually they get up to some kind of title match, a stupid title match, like a tables match against the Dudleys. And they win it. They get the belts, thanks to Yokozuna, reversing a 3D, putting both Devon and Bubba Ray and Spike all through tables. So Kai and Kai are your new WWE champions, the WWE tag team champions. But it's at this stage, they're they start to get a little bit too big for their boots and they stop believing that it's actually Yokozuna that's winning the matches. So they, of course, decide to not pay Mr. Fuji. Big mistake. So they've got an upcoming title match against Too Cool, the best, second best tag team of the Attitude Era. And of course, they're waiting for Mr. They're waiting for Yokozuna. Yokozuna doesn't show up because he's not being paid. So they get crushed. And of course, it ends with Rikishi stink-facing the two of them. And then afterwards, Yokozuna comes out to square up to Rikishi, because I think they should do that match as well. And I don't really know how to put that into the booking, but there you go. They should, you should have went to the, I actually had thought Rikishi versus Yokozuna should have been the match. It should have been the match. I was I'm, certain I'm, that one of you was going to have Yokozuna completely denounce being Japanese and just go as being Simone. But uh, obviously, no, I was tempted for that one, then I was like, nah, I don't know. Well, there you go. There you have it. That's our bookings for this week. Are we going to go? With Gary, you're booking in one line. The Yokozuna and Yokozuna um, completely dominating the Ministry of Darkness and breaking the Undertaker streak. Alex. Yoko, Yakuza, Kai and Tai. <laughs> and uh, mine is the best wrestler in the world, Yokozuna versus Kurt Angle at Mania. So uh, that's it. We will have that poll up on the Patreon if you want to get involved and vote on who's got the best fantasy booking island booking uh, that is patreon.com forward slash wrestling daft uh, we'll also get your suggestions for a couple of weeks time um, so you can throw them up there as well thank you very much gentlemen let's leave the island so that's it for wrestling daft for this week uh, thank you very much to my fellow marks Mr. Alex, back from his tooth injury. You, the teeth count as injuries? I don't like, know. Oh, yeah, they definitely do. Asuka's yeah. out of action. She's uh, had her yeah. smashed out. I think yeah. you can you can yeah. claim that. Absolutely. Okay, fair enough. All right. Then I was, I was out injured, you know, just lying there on the side with my, you know, you get like some kind of mask, you know, instead of like a sting. Alex uh, demanded that we record at an earlier time today of 2.30. Hey. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Gat is Gary. Thank you very much for your time, sir. As ever, uh, are you up to much wrestling news-wise this week? Who have you got? You've, so you've had Jake the Snake, had Shawn Michaels, had John Moxley. Those interviews will all be heard on this. And just that with John Moxley next week. Who you got this week? You've got someone big, haven't you? Lined up. Obviously, it's not going to be the level of Shawn Michaels, John Moxley, or Jake Roberts because. Maybe really is that level, uh, but still an exciting one. I've got um, two, maybe three kind of things planned. And now one of them is uh, Impact World Champion Rich Swan, which I'm excited for because uh, they're doing a unification match between him and Moose at the next pay-per-view. And obviously he just shared the ring with Kenny Omega. Uh, so I'm kind of looking forward to that one. That's this week. And the only other thing, maybe two things, is that I will be... They clash, so I'll be on half of the media call with Cody Rhodes at Revolution, um, or before Revolution, that takes place 
on Wednesday, I think it is. Uh, and then I'll probably be on the post show as well with any luck. I don't want to count my chickens on that. I might not be, but maybe that as well. And we'll see what else pops up. You never know. Talking about uh, uh, Revolution this weekend, obviously that is happening. Uh, well, we run through the card just quickly and uh, get the predictions. So let's look at the card then, guys. Uh, we've got the Young Bucks versus the Inner Circle, who are Chris Jericho and MGF, of course. Uh, what do you think is happening here? They might give it to Jericho and MJF. I really don't want them to, but I think they need it for the storyline. And at the moment, you can see the Bucks consistently having lots of little championship reigns. I don't think they need a big championship reign. And especially with Kenny being the big champion, I think they kind of want to maybe split the belts off members of the original elite. I agree because I think, and I, I mentioned the Young Bucks for me were my tag team of the year last year, but I think I always keep forgetting that they are the reigning tag team champions because their reign has been thus far slightly underwhelming, slightly forgettable. So I, I wouldn't mind them switching it. I'm not sure if Jericho and MJF are the, you know, the tag team to put it on, but I don't mind it because Gia's made dinner debonair segments. There we go. I think, I think you could see they're going to put the belts on Jericho because you can see after this Jericho then transitioning to the TNT Championship and maybe going for be the first. Grand Slam. Kind of yeah. yeah, Triple Crown, sorry, that would be yeah, the one. Yeah, that, that then gives you more like Jericho lineage storyline before he transitions to a full-time commentary role. Yeah. Which we um, all want. Nero and Kip Sabian versus the best friends. Can we end Miro dominant? Just end this. Just this. I don't care. Just end it, please. <laughs> I've had enough. Miro's dark. Ah, it's nah. just. Do, do you know the booking of Miro on AEW has been so disappointing so far, hasn't it? It's really confusing for me because I think the guy is happier than he's ever been. So it's like. <sighs> What really matters here? Does the does the annoyance I was thinking he should do better matter, or does his happiness matter? But I would love nothing more than if this match lasted ten seconds and Miro just went in there and dominated whoever out of the, out of the opponents and, and not put an going end to because it. it's got Cassidy no. and Cassidy's been very protected. So I mean, I reckon you'll see Miro pin Chuck, but. I actually think the opposite. I've got a feeling Kip Sabian's eating a pinfall and Miro's getting unhappy with him and then we go down the Miro-Kip Sabian route. I'm kind of all right with that. As much as I, I like they tried to do something there, I don't think it's worked since nah, the beginning. And I think it's time to split that and let Miro do something. Let him be a big, bad Slavic drug dealer, please. <laughs> I don't know if they'll do that, but yeah, I like where you're it's going. It's what he it. looks like even this week. He's like his vest on and he looked pretty Slavic drug dealer. It's like, it's just, I just want my Miro line of branded tracksuits, John. That's all I want. Yeah. Uh, team Taz, um, which is Brian Cage and Ricky Starks, of course, against Darby Allen and Sting in a street fight. Is this going to be a cinematic match? It's got to be. I'll actually, no, I'm saying it's got to be. Sting took a fucking power bomb. <laughs> it might not be. He took the power bomb. Uh, I, I would love it to be cinematic because I, you know, I mentioned it, I think it was, was it last week, two weeks ago, that segment where uh, Darby Allen came down the zip line and uh, Sting got the offense. I just think that was like the best full segment I've seen in about 10 years in wrestling. <laughs> uh, so I just can't wait for that. I, I love Sting and I love Darby Allen. And Obviously, I'm a big fan of Brian Cage, and Taz is my favourite wrestler of all time, so if they have a wee bit of Taz getting involved, that wouldn't be a disaster either. I, I can't wait for this. This is the reason I'm staying up. Right, I have one huge request, because Darby's already started doing his homage to Sting face paint, so Ricky Starks, go and buy yourself some black and fucking orange trunks, or I will come <laughs> down there and... But yes, exactly what Gary said. 
Well, I wouldn't mind if this is the moment where uh, Ricky Starks get bo- gets booted out of Team Taz because I think that guy can do so much as a single star. So I wouldn't mind if that's the case either. Right. Um, we talked about it a bit earlier. Uh, Shida, we don't know if it's going to be Nyla Rose or real yet, but we've got a funny feeling no, it could it's, be it's Nyla. Miyazaki, not to be confused with Riho, the one who's been in the American bracket. Sorry, yeah. That's yeah, yeah, yeah. One. So um, Shida versus Nyla Rose, we think, yeah. I just... <sighs> I'm surprised they've actually managed to bring someone from Japan over to the States. Yeah, have they? they? <laughs> Sorry? <laughs> or have they? Have they only uh, been filming all that in Japan? So maybe that's the... Oh, no, wait, because they have to have the final. So they definitely yeah, have exactly. to have them brought... Yeah, 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 so I... Yeah. I just I, mean, I pray yeah. it's a fresh match. I, I don't. We don't need another Nyla Rose. I, I like, love Nyla Rose. If they are going to bring Nyla Rose match. all the way over from Japan to do one match. Surely it just makes sense to do the second match unless Nyla's on to win the championship. So I'd say if Nyla wins, Nyla probably beats Shida. Yeah. Okay. Um. Adam Page versus Matt Hardy. This is step the big three. money match, John. It's this for it's for the entire three months yeah. worth of earnings or some shit. It's the yeah. winner receives the losers 2021 first quarter earnings. That is the worst stipulation I've ever heard in a wrestling match. Just awful. But hate it, to say it, love both guys, couldn't they care less. Yeah, yeah. It's not I think this is the problem. The Isaiah Cassidy hangman page match from this week on Dynamite is gonna be better than that match, I reckon. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, TNT uh, Championship match. We've got Cody Rhodes versus Scorpio Sky versus Penta El Zero Miedo versus Lance Archer versus Preston Vance or Max Castor versus TBA. Who is TBA, I wonder? Tolly Blanchard after his uh, match tonight. Paul White. <laughs> yeah. Paul, Paul White. I wouldn't be surprised. In a ladder match, I don't know if that will happen. Or is you it can ex- do some like you can totally. It's an eight-man match. You can totally hide spots and get away and just let him do a couple of big. Is a good excuse to bring out the big big show ladder again? Yeah, exactly. Like they could do some funny stuff with him, and I think they could protect him quite well in an eight-man ladder match. Right. La- see, annoying thing is, like, it's a ladder match, but my thing would be, why is there, I don't think any of these names are in it, Matt Sedal or, you know, Angelico or Jack Evans, I would love to see them involved, because they're all brilliant, but obviously it's going to be the kind of name that would probably underwhelm the people that are expecting a I huge surprise. Know, because was Matt Sedal not a surprise entrance at one of the Casino Battle Royales? And yeah, yeah. But you look down the card, actually, that's a very valid point, and you don't see um, Neville's not on the card. Pat I, exactly. And uh, Phoenix, Does Pat not travel the same travel issues as before? Mm, I don't know. He's over there now, isn't he? He's been wrestling, so yeah. Uh, Ray Phoenix isn't on the card either, which is... That's because Ray lost to the Bankies. Yep. Uh, they, yeah. they had a, that was the, fight, the main qualification. event of the qualifier. Yeah, then we've got Casino, the Casino Tag Team Royale uh, for a championship match. I'm so that's where you run Helico and Jack Evans are. Oh, aye, aye, that'll be the one. Aye, yeah. THT will be in there. I forgot yeah. that match was a thing. We've got <laughs> Bear Country versus Dark Order versus the other side of the Dark Order versus the Inner Circle, Santa and Ortiz, Butcher and the Blade, Private Party, Top Flight, and another TBA in there as I've well. I've just seen it. It's Santana and Ortiz to win that, and Jericho and MGF to win the titles, isn't it? Aye, and that's, the that's got to be. Inner circle. That's he genius. With his solo squash match this week. That was the squash match I couldn't remember. Hager <laughs> fucking versus Brandon Cutler. That was it. And finally, we're all looking forward to seeing what this was going to be. The exploding barbed wire death match between Kenny Omega and Moxley. Now, the last match, we were talking about it on the show last week, between them, where it was the kind of death match, it split the audience. What do you think this one's going to do? 
I can't wait for our posthumous John Moxley interview next week. That is, uh, <laughs> that's the thing I'm trying to work out. I, I think we're a long way off, Rene, having the kid, aren't we? I think we're... A, yeah. I don't know, because it depends when they announced the pregnancy. Because, like, mm. I mean, they kept Brandy's really quiet. And when we saw Brandy a couple of weeks ago, I was surprised how much Brandy was showing. Yep. Because I'm know, thinking so. that, like, if you're not going to have this match, write John Moxley off TV for a few months. <laughs> what is going to write him off TV? Well, he, well, he did retain the USIWGP heavyweight oh, sorry, that's, against Kenta, uh, Kenta. last week. Uh, and I expected him kind of to drop that, as I was thinking something similar to you, that he might be going off for the baby. But he's maintaining that. So I don't think he's, I don't think he's leaving the scene for a while. Do you think he's just going to take a break then? They'll write him off and put him. No, over. I'm saying I don't think he is because he kept the belt against. Aye. but that's what. That's what. Does he not go over and do stuff in Japan and they write him off AEW and they put him in? He, he goes over and does. I think it. they're keeping the US belt over here for New Japan Aye. Strong as like the New Japan of America top tier because they've now unified the IWGP and the Intercontinental. Right. So right, I'm right. assuming they're elevating the Never, but that's this whole turning Japanese. No, Ken, Kenny's. We're seeing Kenny's retain though. Yeah. Yeah. I'd think so, aye, but I'm not sure because uh, you never know. If you're going to keep Moxley there, then you might as well have him win the Bob Wild death match. But at the same time, he's probably going to be taking the brunt of the bumps in, the, in this kind of match. Yeah. <laughs> you I can don't imagine. Think it ends clean. There'll be a Gallows Anderson Don Callis yeah. thing somewhere, I reckon. Maybe not for the finish, I, but it will happen. I tried to ask him if, uh, and I tried to be in the world because I always get the name wrong, Shota. Umino, is that the Umino Shota Shooter? So. The, aye, the Japanese oh, guy. Oh, he's Shota, uh, yeah. He's like, aye. Yeah, 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 I was like, might we see him come back and uh, help you out? But he just wants to play playing ball. <laughs> that would be quite good. But no, he's, he's also kind of made his friendship with Lance and Phoenix. And so, I mean, you never know. Well, there you have it. It's on this Sunday, AEW Revolution. Yeah, this is when you get to plug fight again. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Aye. Can watch it on uh, our good friend <laughs> TV. <laughs> Absolutely. So Gary keeps his free subscription. Excellent. Yeah. Uh, so uh, yeah, that's it for wrestling daft marks this week. Rabbit Gradle back on the main show. Uh, list of wrestling daft. Now I'm going to put this one to you guys because we got this week. We mixed it up. We got the listeners to pick what the list of wrestling daft. So what should we vote on for the list of wrestling daft? We've got a lot of suggestions here. Um, here we go, we've had a few of these all. Uh, best and worst piece of merchandise. Uh, most important wrestlers, which is an interesting one. The shit is finishing or signature move names. Uh, best ever title matches. Best wrestling... Oh, either, either the merch or shittest names, that's totally more of a wrestling death topic. Yeah, yeah. Uh, best finishing sequence in a match, that's an interesting one. Best Funaki moments. <laughs> worst fake tan. Best pro botches, uh, that's a belter. Uh, and worst type of gimmick matches, uh, any of you are t- taking your shine there, Alex? You weren't going for. I like best and worst merchandise, but that's only because I did a merchandise segment like three weeks ago. So. Right. Uh, best comedy sketches from that attitude year is another one. Right. Underrated world title runs is a really interesting one. I think that is. Miz's recent one. Yeah. Fucking played it perfectly. <laughs> it was only a champion for a week, but he played it perfectly. Yeah, yeah. Right, well, we'll just kind of <laughs> proves how long term the uh, the money in the bank booking was this year, though. Yeah. Right. Uh, <laughs> long term there. Yeah. Great. Well done, 
So uh, one of those will be up uh, on the Wrestling Daft uh, Patreon. So get signed up to that and vote in Raven Gradle. We'll be doing that on Friday show. Gentlemen, thank you very much as ever. And until next time, you just keep marking out. Audio Frontier.